to the local bar podcast with your host chad alexander come on in we have a lot of friends we want you to meet well hello there from beautiful downtown columbia south carolina located right in the heart of rosewood this is the local bar i'm your host chad alexander and of all the places you could be You've decided to spend some moments with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your good podcast. You want to follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Local Bar Media. If you want to send some emails, questions, comments, condolences, chat at localbarmedia.com. Throughout the years, uh, I've, I've enjoyed promoting all kinds of people on this show. I, I love it when people... Uh, can kind of turn me on to something that I didn't really know much about. Uh, I, I love you bringing in these people that have something interesting about them, and when they have a hobby, a talent, or a business that uh, is very different, I love showcasing that. It's one of my favorite things uh, about this whole medium and, and podcast. I find that interesting. Um, <laughs> commentary doesn't really drive me. It's the stuff that I don't know anything about. That that always has, but I I do have to admit, whenever I can promote music, it it, it means the most to me. I I love doing that. I, I love the the folks that I know, the folks that I don't know, and promoting them when they have uh, a lot of good stuff. We we've had some really good uh, artists on lately. Um, going back to uh, it wasn't long ago, we had Forty Eight Fables on here, George Fetner and the Strays. Talked a little bit about Soda City Riot. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of uh, local bands and some some other people that kind of tour through here. We've been lucky to have stopped by the show, and I've really enjoyed that. I I, I got to tell you, Don and I had this idea for this show a, a little while back. I actually think it was an, an old idea that just kind of resurfaced again with the new album that he's got coming out soon. Um, the 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 studio is still covered in beer cans from from the other day where we did this, uh, and it turned out even better than uh, than I thought. I I thought I was going to try to to whittle this down to about an hour. I decided against that. I'm going to turn this into a two part parter because it's that good, it's that interesting, and it's something that I I, I really believe in too. So I I want to bring this to you. Uh, if you are new to the show. Or if uh, you are new to Don Merkel, let me let me tell you a little bit about him. Don Merkel is a, uh, a singer-songwriter out of Charleston. He has had his roots here in the southeastern United States for a while. Uh, he's written a ton of songs with a bunch of different people. And um, most recently, before jetting out on his own, it was with Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths, which is how I was connected with him. I, I played with the Blacksmiths for a, a few years. Don is uh, is a wonderful singer songwriter, and his uh, his stuff is very easy uh, to grasp. Um, but it has got as far as the as far as the tune and the hooks. He's he's a brilliant songwriter as far as the way he makes the the actual music very comfortable. But the material about Don's songs has always been kind of a mystery, and in that that is by design. But I was able to convince Don, along with the help of all my fallen soldiers all over <laughs> littering the floor of the studio right now, and not only talking about the songs that he's written for Rumor of a Ghost, but even some older ones. Don's not really always very upfront about coming out with what the, uh, the, the meaning of a song is, and uh, I, I couldn't have been more pleased with the way uh, this conversation went. Uh, the beginning of the conversation, just to let you know, we do get into uh, a little bit of the technical stuff about where he's wanting to go with this album and why it was important and all that. All that's very important to set the stage. But then I got done to start playing some songs and talking about them, and I could not be happier for the way this turned out. Don isn't just a, a very good friend. He, he is somebody that I think uh, more people need to hear. And so I couldn't be more happy than to be able to sit down and have him play actual full songs, not just clips of his songs that you hear from week to week, and, and then a few stories about them. And uh, we, we trail off as the drinks get a little bit uh, a little bit thicker in the middle in the middle of the conversation. We trail off down a couple of paths, but man, I, I really appreciated doing this, and I hope you enjoy it too. 
Don and I will take you on a little trip over the next couple of shows. We talk about his upcoming album, Rumor of a Ghost, and some of the old tracks that still haunt him. Here it is. And uh, thanks again for showing up this week. Here's part one of this. You can use that. Can I use that? Copyright. All right, so I'm going to use that. That's the new opening (laughs) for the show. You've been on the show... I, you know, I, I did I did some prep work for this, but I didn't go back and check this. How many times have you been on the show? <laughs> I mean, not counting when your music's on the show every week, but uh, three times. This might be the fourth time. I'm not entirely twice correct. by yourself, and then once with Shelly. So I guess we did the one we did the one episode in the brewery. I still oh have yeah, a hard time saying that word. I forgot about that. Yeah, three or four. I'm not three or four, something like that. Show, yeah. yeah. Um, you. Uh, so, in case somebody doesn't know, they can't recognize your voice, even though they hear it every week. It's mm-hmm. Don Merkel, mm-hmm. uh, who has a new album coming out, Rumor of a Ghost. It is It is now officially out? No, it's not officially okay. out. Okay, unofficially out. <laughs> it's unofficially. I have my, I have my koozie yeah. and my t-shirt. I'm getting the stuff, like the t-shirts are done, the koozies are done. I'm, really, I was waiting on the artwork, which is now done, and so I'm getting the stuff printed that you know people pre-ordered i want to make sure that's done first before i you know because i I promise get that stuff out before the actual album comes out so that's getting done and that'll be done in next week or so um i'm shooting for and it really depends on a couple things but probably october 8th i think is the yeah is the what i'm shooting for so it's everything is done essentially i'm just waiting for a lot of administrative type stuff you know i gotta upload stuff i have to get artwork i have to take care of production issues um and you know all the digital stuff like you have to go to you know spotify all the places and kind of uh give your stuff to them they need a certain amount of leeway it's a it's a it's a stupid story but the point is there takes administrative type stuff to get it all done but it's going to be it's all done it's all ready to go so early october probably the 8th that i'm shooting for I'll prob- hopefully post something next week about the exact date. You and I had a conversation months ago, and um, then I think we had the same conversation every other month since then about how does somebody in today's day and age actually release an album? Because so many people actually just go out and buy singles for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did something different, though. You did a little bit of crowdsourcing on this from the beginning, which is nice because I think it got uh, so many people interested in talking about the 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 album before it came out what what led you down that path well it's it it, it helps it, it helps uh well it helps, it helps paying for the album it helps uh getting in drumming up interest and it's a stuff that's been going for a long time like i did this for the last album i did i did a crowd uh a crowd for lincoln ray crowd. yeah Oh, I guess, I guess I met you right after it came it was, out. Yeah, it so. was about because I'm sure I would have put money into that. I absolutely would have done that. I would have yeah. completely. Yeah, this is this is a it's a good way to do it, especially for an independent artist who, who you know, it's basically you're basically you're pre-selling stuff, pre-selling, pre-selling stuff, and 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 helping and giving perks and stuff to to folks who help produce your album. You know, a lot of people are doing it these days. Actually, it's it's it really is a big help, especially to folks like us who are doing it on their own you know we don't have anything backing us up with money so we just do the best we can and so that's that's sort of the avenue that a lot of people go these days and that's what i did and um it helped out a lot i mean it's how i can it's how i can produce the cds that people want it's how i can produce a vinyl so are you doing vinyl for this doing vinyl you are okay yeah yeah okay so all the hipsters will be able to buy this then that's right that's important right i still won't make any money but uh uh, it, vinyl is really cool, and I'm glad to do it. Like, vinyl's a big deal now; it's, it's, yeah. it's really hot. But all, vinyl is also really expensive to produce. It's it's. Uh, do you have a copy on vinyl yet? Have you listened to it? No, you, no. I have the vinyl masters. You know, I haven't listened back. Like, I just sent stuff out recently, um, but it's going to take a while because vinyl is so popular right now. All of the vinyl companies are six months behind. Holy crap! Six months? Yeah, yeah. So. The, the new Don Merkel album won't be out until next year. Uh, on vinyl. On vinyl. Sorry. On vinyl. It'll be out right. in a month. But on vinyl, 
It won't be out till next year. Okay. It's, it's there. There's a six month backlog on everybody. I, I call three or four different places in the region. They're all six months behind. Some are longer. Why? Why has that taken off? I mean, it's been. It's not new. Don't get me wrong. I understand that vinyl's been a thing that's been trending for a while now, mm-hmm. but. With the sound quality that people look for, here's where it surprises me. I guess with so much push from the the younger generation liking electronic music so much, mm-hmm. it surprises me that they're still, from what it seems, driving that vinyl market as well. Am I wrong on that, or is that is that more the nostalgia that people Generation X and up want? Or I don't know. I think that what's old is new again. I think it happens all the time. I th- but I think... Uh, sound quality and and people wanting to, I don't know. Like, I think sound quality is is one thing. I think the whole, what again, what's old is new is 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 interesting to people. Um, everybody I know, almost everybody I know, collects vinyl, and it became really big in the past year, especially with the pandemic. I guess like to up their vinyl game and a lot a lot of people already had it but i mean it just it just exploded even more like i i think i read something recently this doesn't surprise me exactly that cd sales were down but vinyl like like overdid cd sales in the past oh seriously year, wow year or two years i think well i can't remember the last time i bought a so CD, i so love yeah. vinyl i love vinyl the problem with i mean the problem with producing vinyls is expensive like cds are cheap vinyl is very expensive for an independent artist, anyway, right? My point yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. So it's hard to make money off of vinyl, but it is a really cool medium. Uh, I like it a lot, but it's hard to make money. So you just do it. I think you just do it uh, unless you have like the the fan base to to really pay for it or to uh, make it profitable. You just do it for the fans or the people who like vinyl and want to hear stuff on vinyl because this is a cool medium and and it's it's fun anyway. It's cool. I think it's really cool that you're you're releasing this with uh, on vinyl because a lot of the songs in this music. Um, obviously, the the title of the of the album is "Rumor of a Ghost," and there is something kind of spooky and eerie. Mm-hmm. There's a really cool um, the the album really flows from beginning to end in in this really kind of cool vibe, and I feel like it fits on vinyl to hear it that way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm excited about hearing a, a lot of stuff that was done in production actually done on vinyl. I'd, I'd be really interested. I don't think I put in an order for vinyl, but I bet. For a guy that's had you on his podcast three or four times, you could figure out a way to, to sure, get, man. It, get it for him. Yeah, sure. Six months from now, yeah, you're gonna have a vinyl. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, uh, my birthday in June <laughs> next year. It'd be great to have that. Yeah. Um. So I, I I'm really interested in that. I, I really love a lot of the stuff off the the new album. We we had a chance to play together for 30 minutes at a gig in Somerville. The a whole other day 30 minutes before the bottom fell out. It was mm-hmm. great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fun for me, uh, you and Jason Brotman, to get together and play a little bit. Um, the songs actually feel a little bit different uh, than than what you've kind of done before. Speak to me a little bit about going in this direction. It feels there's a lot more. Uh, you've experimented more with the sounds and everything on this. On this, like yeah. I, I feel like as opposed. And t- tell me if I'm wrong here, but as opposed to the last albums you've 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 done um, with the folk kind of feeling that the Blacksmiths had. You kind of went and it really explored the different spaces of each song a little bit. What what, mm-hmm. what kind of like pushed you in that direction? Well, I think time, um, having the time to do it. Uh, you know, over the pandemic, there wasn't there weren't any gigs to play. Um, there wasn't anything. You weren't playing. I was busy every I know, week. It's amazing. Well, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so we had time to play around and and. You know, the the end wasn't clear of when that was going to go. So I started the album um, with Zach Thomas and Evan Simmons over at the jam room. And I also went in just me as opposed to having a band that has already played all these songs a bunch of times. And we went in you know, a lot of times in the past, almost every time uh, with a band, you record all the songs or you, you play all the songs, you practice them. And then you go in for, you know, a weekend, a week, whatever short amount of time because time is money and and you record it and you go uh but this time it's just it's just me and we just went song by song because i wasn't sure what i was going to do i think initially i was going to do singles because i wasn't sure people were even buying albums anymore uh but i do love making albums albums are fun um so i went and started just essentially starting off as just like maybe i'll do a single every couple months and i'll just do one at a time and so i started it 
two or three months before the pandemic where everything shut down. And so we had like one or two, one or two songs in the bag and then everything shut down. So we had an opportunity to sit, really sit down and play around with everything. So we just went song by song. Um, and we decided to just go wherever the song, uh, led us. And so we would just start off, uh, in the, in the studio. We had, I'd lay down some scratch tracks and then we would let whatever happened next influence the next thing. In other words, I would lay down some scratch tracks, some guitar tracks, and some vocal tracks, and then maybe Evan would lay down uh, some percussion, um, some sounds, or or an actual drum, and then we would like listen to it and go, where where, where is it taking us now? And then maybe we'd add a, add a, add the bass, and a lot of times when you add the bass, that would influence where we were going next, and so the song was kept evolving. I guess what I'm saying, and I and I went into the project not wanting to say no to anything weird that maybe I didn't understand right away because I wanted to work with Evan and with Zach and we talked about it before we started that uh, I kind of wanted to do something different I kind of wanted to get a little weird with it I kind of wanted to see what kind of ideas they had and and kind of follow follow that method and just see where it led us and only occasionally did it lead anywhere where I was like I I don't think we need to pull back that didn't work but usually it led us into a direction that was really fun and really weird and really interesting. And and so these songs really, uh, they're all written, they're all good to go, but in the studio they just evolved and became different things many times. Um, for example, um, uh, Alaska, which is one uh, we might play in a little bit, um, it started off, you know, very simple three chord almost kind of a country song, not a country song, maybe an Americana song, but we, we added the, the sort of horror show sounding keyboard, um, a Farfisa, if you remember what the Farfisa is, very crazy sound. And and didn't didn't he put in, like, what is the 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 state song of Alaska? Isn't he playing that, like, somewhere in the back, kind well, of in a metal way or something <laughs> like that? A... a a very artsy a version of that. <laughs> right, right. A version of that. We don't want to say it is. That's what it is. Right. But uh, it's, well, we have a huge following in Alaska, <laughs> right, right. and I don't want to upset uh, them. It's not note for note, but it is sort of yeah. It's sort of yeah. the, in the spirit of it. Um, the, well, the great thing about that song is that that's a good example of how, uh, and all the songs kind of this. That's a good example of how the song like just evolved the way we did it. We started off with that, and we started off with this Farfisa sound, which is a very like movie a horror movie soundtrack sound. I love that sound. It was very crazy because the song is a, the song is a, is a dark and crazy song. And so at first like, Oh wow, this is going to be, this is going to be a horror show. This is going to be a horror movie. Right. And I was okay with that. But then we decided to throw some other, like to dial that back a little bit. And we started adding the voices and we added, uh, well, different pianos and stuff. Then we added some voices, uh, Desiree Richardson, who's a, a, a local singer who's amazing. So you had these angelic voices to it, and that gave it this other, this whole other feeling. And then, because of the nature of the song, we wanted to end it with some, wanted to end it in a way that was sort of like the bottom dropping out. And so then we just added, just threw the kitchen sink at it, and with all these like attitude instruments and all sort of weird stuff. Anyway, the point is, it started off as one thing, it turned into another, and by the end, it was even completely different from the beginning. But it still had the soul of the way it started. In other words, I could play it right now, and it right. sounds like the song. The, the, everything is there. But all this extra stuff was really interesting, and it really took us in a different direction. And for the entire album is the way we did it. Like, I had all the songs written. But we went in, and song by song, me, Evan, and Zach just, like, took them apart and then put them back together in just in a different way that was really interesting and very creative. And if you listen, like you just mentioned, if you listen to the stuff that I've done before, probably unexpected. Because it's it goes into some weird places. Some of the songs go in some really weird places. Yeah, and that was intentional. Um, I wanted to do that, and I don't know. It was it was it was fun. It was fun just to do that. You um you you actually have a guitar in front of you. I don't know if you uh, realize that or not. And oh, wow. uh, and Alaska is one of the favorite songs that that I've had mm. a few chances to play mm. with you. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, I actually don't have that obnoxious accordion with me this afternoon. That's unfortunate. But I do have this fantastic beer that my wife. Uh, 
vault that you and I aren't really big fans of. So I'd like to probably try to choke this down if you don't mind uh, playing Alaska for everyone so they can hear it. I would love to. Want to go to Alaska and get away from it all? I want to go to Alaska where the trees grow tall. Cause when I get to Alaska, I buy a pickup truck. And while I'm there in Alaska, I try and press my luck. And when I get to Alaska, I meet a local girl. We'll find ourselves in Alaska At least we'll give it a whirl I'll make my bones in Alaska Until it swallows me whole I'll leave my bones in Alaska And watch the world grow cold Hail, hail Alaska Carry me far away Hail, hail Alaska Give me one more day Hail, hail Alaska Bury me in the snow Hail, hail Alaska Fall down as I can go When I get to Alaska I find an old sled dog Cause we'll have a time in Alaska Until the darkness falls And if you get to Alaska Don't come calling on me Cause I'll leave it be in Alaska Under a hemlock tree Hail, hail, Alaska, carry me far away. Hail, hail, Alaska, give me one more day. Hail, hail, Alaska, bury me in the snow. Hail, hail, Alaska, fall down as I can go. When I get to Alaska, I give it one more try. No guarantees in Alaska, even a clear blue sky. Cause if you get to Alaska, don't come calling on me. Cause I'll leave my bones in Alaska under a hemlock tree. Hail, hail Alaska, carry me far away. Hail, hail Alaska. Give me one more day Hail, hail Alaska Bury me in the snow Hail, hail Alaska Fall down as I can go Hail, hail Alaska Carry me far away Hail, hail Alaska Give me one more day Hail, hail Alaska Bury me in the snow Hail, hail Alaska, fall down as I can go. Hail, hail Alaska, fall down as I can go. Hail, hail Alaska, fall down as I can go. Right. I love that song. So I've never told you this. Uh, I remember I was, I'd, I'd heard that song for a while, and uh, I was a big Breaking Bad fan. Big, mm-hmm. uh, huge. Uh, that, that show changed television for me. It's, it's about the time I realized television was outpacing movies when, when Breaking Bad really hit. And um, I was sitting around, and, and I, I'd played, I'd even played Alaska with you a couple of times. And I was sitting there, and I was watching El Camino, the the, the Netflix wrap up, basically. To, oh, yeah, yeah. To, uh, it was that uh, where Jesse is it's basically the story of Jesse, which kind of wraps up Breaking Bad in a really nice little bow, puts a, puts a nice little bow on it. And he leaves and go to goes to Alaska. And then one day it hits me. I'm like, 
Is that song about? <laughs> is that song about a criminal? Is that, it's like, is, it, is that song about a murderer? What they, is that? Is that what it is? Like, where? Where did? I don't ever want to ask you directly where a song came from, but I'm I'm curious. What what inspired you to write that song? Uh, well, so that song is is about, uh, you know, there's a romanticized version of Alaska as being like the the place to go to either start over to hide i don't know i feel like in, in in my in my romanticized world of it it's a place to go and give something one last shot give life one last shot it's like when everything sure. everything is is screwed up for whatever reason uh, alaska was a little bit of the the frozen wild west in a certain way and you go there and either you make it or you don't and that's it's it's got a little bit of a is it chris mccandless vibe to it yeah uh, yeah um it's not a happy song Right, yeah, the, yeah. The protagonist of that song that. does not does not make it. And that's that's the why the ending just sort of goes crazy. So it, yeah, it, it just the idea that there's a you know, you got one more shot, and and it's in potentially the hardest place to live in in America. This is <laughs> so, this is interesting. So between yeah. me and you, uh, like like we've been friends for a while now, and and there are obviously major differences between the two of us. Uh, that's where you would like. I've always thought like a Banana Republic for me, where I'd go and mm. redo it. Like I've always, I've also had this thing, and Maria hates it when I tell the story. But I've also thought before, <laughs> this is so terrible. I don't know if I should say. It. All right, so right. if if I was ever like when I was married before, <laughs> before I had a kid, I was always like, right. if I was ever for some reason overseas and there was like a a, a tidal wave or something that came, mm-hmm. then I'd be one of those people that would just like disappear. And I'd start over again, but it was always tropical. It was always it was never somewhere cold. I do understand well, the Wild it's, West it's, atmosphere. It's, it's more of a darker look at that. Like not, in other words, it, it's sort of like a last ditch effort. Um, either I make it or or I or I die kind of thing. Right. Not like all right, I'm starting over fresh right. in this right. place with, which is beautiful and it's like it's it's a darker it's it's. Someone's in a darker place. This is, I guess, is the point. I've always loved that song because it's very. It, it is very. I hate to say the word catchy, like that's a, a negative thing. It, that the 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 hook of that is very easy to follow along with. Mm-hmm. I think the vocals on it are great. I do think mm-hmm. your vocals on this album are the best you've ever recorded. Um, Thanks. I, I, when when we did that song, I mean, the first time we were we were going to do it was at uh, Rhythm on the River, oh, and yeah. I remember I put on my my neighborhood Facebook page, "Hey, does anybody happen to have an accordion?" And I got a hold of one, and it was it was. It was nice. It was a very big, very oh, yeah. nice, full accordion. It was, nice. and it, was, it was obnoxious because it was so loud. And I remember we got rained out. Mm-hmm. Jeff Lucero's band was going to mm-hmm. open for us. Mm-hmm. And he hates me, by the way. And uh, oh, wow. we, yeah, he can't <laughs> stand me. That's a different story. Well, that's a, yeah, I was going to say that. The, funny, <laughs> the little that new thing that you, and, that, that you and I know that a lot of people don't know is we've talked all the time about like how we were going to book all these shows. But people hate me because of my big mouth, and they don't like you because of like your stern demeanor. And I just I don't think people give us the chance. They should. But anyway, uh, I remember we we played for the folks working Rhythm on the River, uh-huh. and it was me and you, and then Brian played his um, his brushes on a magazine. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Play, and that was the first time I ever yeah. played Alaska, yeah. and it was it was great. And then there's the infamous time that I we played at Foxfield where Kevin didn't know that we played Alaska two two songs before, wow. which infamous time, but. Uh, but it's a fun song. People like it. That was it's, the perfect. That was yeah. the perfect place for the uh, accordion for the loud. The sound because not amplified at all. Just you know, just going. Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. I really like that accordion actually. But you're right though. It is very very loud. And found out that accordion cost seven thousand dollars. <laughs> and after I had actually accidentally smushed a cupcake in it at a at a, at a gig we played, I realized that I needed to clean it up and get it back to its oh, rightful really? owner. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, is uh well you kept it for a long time. You did you rented it she, she, cheaply for a long time. Yeah, she was really really <laughs> cool about that. But I it was a scandali if anybody's interested in that. And I looked it up one day and wow. I'm like, Holy crap. And she was gonna wow. sell it to me for cheap for like three thousand, but I was like, oh, I'm not that's so um, So that song I think was probably the first one of the songs that ever I ever got to play with you. It seemed like that one kind of came out first. Or maybe it feels like it uh, to me. The one though that seemed to kind of be, kind of groundbreaking on its own was uh, Sunday Afternoon Killing Spree. Like that mm-hmm. one just kind of came out, and and when you, it, it felt to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but it felt to me like that was one that you kept close to the vest, and then suddenly you put it out. You had a video for it, you had a song for mm-hmm. it, like you were ready to go with it. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a little bit of changes. Our, our friend uh, Ace, who's been on the show, Andrew Evans, mm-hmm. uh, played with you on that. Did a great job. I love the version that's on the album. I think it's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Um, that one that one stayed kind of close to home for a little bit. Was that one one that you... I mean, you, the, the lyrics of it, everything is very... It's a very... Um, very pertinent, very socially driven statement, a, mm-hmm. a very, like, I don't want to say too strong worded, nothing like that, but it, you can tell there's a lot of emotion behind it. Was mm-hmm. there a reason why you played that one close to the vest, or was it just something that you were just tooling around with for a while? Uh, I mean, I think both are probably right. It, I don't I wouldn't call it playing it close to the vest, but it was, it was more of an angry song, and... And I guess I wasn't sure if it was ready or ready to be received. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good a good answer for that, except to say that I wasn't sure if it was good enough. Maybe like if it was like, am I being too like like the sentiment? I, I agree with it. the sentiment was fine, but was it written well enough to make any sort of impact i guess i guess maybe that maybe that was the thing i don't know i don't know i don't i don't really get answer for that except I, I wasn't sure if it was something that i was ready to play live it, yeah, you know. it and, and i'm i'm i don't have your entire catalog memorized as much as you you want me to um i have a hard time believing that but, but, but uh it does seem like the bulk of your songs are written from like a third person omniscient kind of point of view that one felt more first person to me like it, it, it does feel more like a, hey, this is me from my perspective. Mm-hmm. This is me talking. Is is that the way that it was written? When you talk about it being more of an angry song, was it more of an outlet? Well, uh, I, I would disagree a little bit and just say that a lot of my songs are written first person, but I will change them to make them more third person. I, I don't like... It's like... Uh, Talking about something without talking about something, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, now, when it comes to something like that, which is more of a social issue, that's a little bit different. Like the, the other, the other stuff, the, a lot of stuff that I write, it may have like a personal, um, first-person point of view, but I'm not interested in telling you what that is. So I will change it to be something a little bit more vague, maybe a little bit more third-person, so that the emotion of what I was trying to get out is, is, is real. And maybe that is felt, but the actual, actual impetus of the song, maybe not so revealing. If that makes sense. Did that song come quick? Was it one that you wrote pretty quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Very very quickly. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, it's, it's, it's about largely informed by all the, the mass shootings that were happening and they were happening very quickly at the time. Like, yeah, More I was a week or something. I can't crazy. remember exactly when I heard about it, yeah. when I heard that song, but it felt like at a time when we had a bunch of them going. Right? Yeah. And I can't tell you which ones happened, but it felt like a lot yeah, of them. And, yeah. and like at least one, I think, was like two days in a row, like one after yeah, the other. Yeah. Like it, it happened very quickly within a month. I want to say once a week almost, something to something that effect. So yeah, it happened very quickly, mostly because it was happening right away, like at the time. Yeah. It's a cool song. I love the look of it. I think the, the lyrics are, are fantastic. A- out of. Out of all the songs on your album, it, it is my second favorite. We'll get to my first favorite, all right. and we'll get to what should be my favorite, but it's not a little bit later. But, but it, it really is. Oh, and that's it, unfortunate. It, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, you know you already know what I'm talking about. So, but it is a, it is a, it is a, it is. I think a, an actually a brilliant song, and I think it, it. What I love that you've done with it, though, is I don't think you make a big hairy political deal out of it. Mm. I feel like it is. I feel like it is an outlet for how society actually things. And it, it's funny. Like you're right. You you don't like come right out and spell things out. But I think anybody who listens to the song can kind of get where you're coming from. And I've I've been pretty impressed with that. We you, you play that one? Yeah. Do you want to play that one? Absolutely. And for the record, the like you you talked about it earlier. After I wrote it and was felt comfortable enough that we we did did a version of it and we put that album out or not the album, bit the single out with the video and it's all acoustic. Yeah. But on the album we went we went crazy with it. Yeah. It's, it's like full electric rock, like screaming. It's pretty cool. It's and pretty I, full. It's and pretty I, cool. I, I really yeah. don't get me wrong, I like both of them. Yeah. 
But there is something more fitting about the second way that yeah. it was done. It, it makes more sense to me now, yeah. having done it the way we're doing the album. It makes more sense to me now that way, it, the way it, we did it. Yeah, and plus, since I wasn't on that video, it, it made sense to me that you wanted to scrap <laughs> that and maybe, maybe try again. All right. Sunday afternoon, killing spree. Something dead deep inside of me Shut the door, cut the cord, baby, I'm all alone Blow it up, give it all away Build a wall, dig your getaway Break the bed, stack the dead, get the law on the phone Something's wrong Taking soap for the human race Put a gold record in outer space Chuck Berry, can you carry this missive along? Something's wrong I Hack the grid, then incinerate I Have a drink, let it activate I Hit and run, hide the gun with the emergency zone Sheet they commiserate. Watch the news overcompensate. War and sin, count me in, double down on the loan. Something's wrong. Sagan's hope for the human race. Put a gold record in outer space. Chuck Berry, can you carry this missive along? Something's wrong. Them out to the entry gate Lock and low, make the strangers wait Line the cage, fill with rage Another desperate folk song Something's wrong Sagan's hope for the human race Put a gold record in outer space Chuck Berry, can you carry this missive along? Reaping so what you know and then you sink like a and then you sink like a stone It's such a cool song and I I, I love that. It's another one they just kind of like as soon as you hear it, you just kind of flow with it, and I, and I dig that. Um, I think I think I've told you the story. I'm not sure if I told you or not, but the first time, you know, one of the reasons why I don't do a live podcast is because I'm an idiot and I let my mouth run a lot faster than my my brain mm-hmm, keeps up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, it, it happens like every now and then because <laughs> you and I both get up early. I'll be on the way to. The, the, but my favorite one was the, uh, recently. I was on my way to work, and all of a sudden, I got a text from you. It's like. Cat Stevens didn't write Cats in the Crowd. I'm like, crap, did I, did I say that on the show? And I, I don't realize like some of the mistakes I made. I was already correcting you. I was, <laughs> I was in the car one day, and I was listening to this. You had shot, that, you'd shot uh, Sunday Afternoon to a, to a bunch of us. And I was listening to it, and I'm like, oh, Donald. It's not Chuck Berry. It's Del Shannon did run away. They blasted into space. And then I realized that, no, I'm glad I didn't say that to you face-to-face because we're talking about two totally different things. And I was like, oh, <laughs> The Chuck Berry thing actually happened. I was okay, so I'll just shut up about my Dale Shannon thing. And I was like, you know, all right, I got you. But but both there's a record and then there's a, a sound wave. We were both correct, but I thought I was correcting you, and it was just uh, it was just awful. You know. Well, that was 
It's a good story. It reminds me of uh, <laughs> in the middle of that where you you didn't mess up on the words, but you came close. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a joke we have, and and I've we haven't talked about this, and I'm wondering if you remember this gig because sometimes I understand they all kind of run together. Uh, the the dog in the pink sweater, and mm-hmm. it's always kind of a funny thing. Do you re- do you really remember where that joke came from? I don't remember the show. I remember. I did see a dog in a pink sweater. It wasn't a joke. Yeah, that part wasn't a joke. But I can't remember. What, was it a festival? It was. It was at that that really really great brewery where they took really good care of us. We were in that kind of alley. Oh um, oh oh the um. And the I want to give them a shout out. Charlestown Fermentary. Yeah, Charlestown Fermentary. Yeah. And we were there, and it was it was really hot, but it was a great show. Crowd yeah. was great. Yeah, they were great. And uh, that, there's, there's this dog. It's like a little, I, I want to say in my mind it was a Chihuahua that had like a it pink was sweater on. Like that. It was a small. I think it was a Chihuahua. And I have like no idea what song we were singing, but it like either. you completely, <laughs> like it, for some reason you seeing that dog was it. Like it was it. I have a I have an affinity for. I do not have a tiny dog. I think one time in my life I had a tiny dog. But weirdly, I've grown into this affinity for tiny dogs. I don't know what it is. And as soon as I see one, I like lose my mind or something for some reason. One of the one of the things that I, I love that it. one did have a pink sweater. That one did have, yeah. So yeah. there was extra. That dog was, was extra. That dog was very <laughs> and it was hot. And it was it was like hot. Was hot. I don't exactly. know why that dog exactly. had a sweater on. I was probably concerned. I was probably concerned. One of the things that I do miss about uh the blacksmiths playing together and, and I hope that people whenever they heard us all play is how much fun we had on stage, we wanted the crowd to kind of be in on it too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that gig was always kind of a fun one for me. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not. I want to tell this story because I've never told it. And it's one of my favorite stories about the blacksmiths. And if I could have ever been in the crowd looking at us, I would have loved to have been it. Because I I saw a bunch of people that caught us about this. And I'm going to start telling the story and I wonder if you remember it. I want to say we were playing Girl in Texas. I'm I'm, I'm almost positive that's what we were playing. To our left, there was a big fan because it was hot. They had Mm -hmm. this huge box fan on the ground that was kind of blowing towards us, but hitting some of the members of the audience too. There was a girl to the left that was playing like some game. I don't know if it was cornhole or whatever, uh, maybe in horseshoe, something like that. That was way far to the left. She was a very lovely young lady and she had a skirt on that kept blowing up with a fan and it would like <laughs> almost blow up high enough, but not enough. And there was a point in the song where all of us not only were looking, but our heads were complete. And I'm I'm sitting I'm sitting way on the right side of the stage, uh-huh. so I catch all of us because I, I I caught myself doing it. And then I looked and I saw all of y'all, even Brian, the drummer, was over there looking. And it was like we were all and I, I hate to be a total dude here for a second, but we we're all praying for that fan to blow just a just an inch higher. And I'm surprised we got through that song without messing up. And I remember Jason turned right around to me. After we're done with that song, it says, "Hey, you got that flask? I need a drink." And it's, it's one of my one of my favorite moments. Where was that? I don't remember. That, that was at Charlestown. That was at Charlestown. Oh, the same too. Yeah, same place. Yeah, the same place. I don't remember that exactly. All right, I bet you at least two of the other members of the band remember oh, I'm that sure. moment. I'm sure. I feel like a a I feel like a a moment like that has happened a number of times. So maybe I'm maybe I'm misremember or misconfusing with something else. I don't remember that exactly, but I do remember that, a lot about that show. That was a, a fun show, and they really plowed us with drinks i'll tell you that yeah they gave us they kept bringing them out yeah and (laughs) and you missed the after party with me and jason which was a whole other thing where'd y'all go oh i don't even i can't even tell you this story where did i go no everybody left jason and i stayed because i I stayed to get paid and to hang out yeah and uh and uh i'll tell you the abbreviated version that doesn't the 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 nice version we say and they gave us more beer obviously but then apparently the the owner also dabbled in making his own whiskey I remember I, he talked to us yeah. about that. Yeah. So we had some of that. Super nice guy. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. And then things got weird after that. <laughs> I didn't. Things got weird. No, I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know where I went we, after that. We drank shirt. some of that homemade whiskey, and then things got weird after that. Uh, and like we drank, it was more than a shot. It was a couple of things. See, it, was, it took a little while. Then we were at it. It was it was a thing. This must have been one of those nights that I had to drive home with Pettit. <laughs> yeah, Dang it, prob- Pettit probably, probably. fools me again. Probably. I I thought remember most about that show is that afterward. I mean, the show was great. It was fun. Those guys are really great. They're really nice people, and we had a good time. But I mostly remember is afterwards and like watching things kind of go sideways a little bit for me and Jason. Like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when when we all got the chance to play together, it was fun. We we always had fun on stage. We always wanted the crowd to have fun, and it was always kind of fun for me. There's there are song, there are songs that are complicated that you could tell everybody sitting there 
like focusing on. And then there are songs that we all knew so well that we could uh, play oh, yeah. them like it's nothing. Right. Girl in Texas always seemed to be that. And I love that, though, because that song is, I, I, I still think, one of the most brilliant songs. Uh, great, great hook to it. Uh, the lyrics are great. I think your vocals on it are fantastic. And the crowd seems to really grasp that song. Why, why, does the, why do people love that song so much? I don't know. It's, uh, I, t- I don't know either, and I, I, I see them always singing along with it. Aaron, that giant friend that my, yeah. uh, my one of my wife's best friends, yeah. like she, that's her favorite song, it's, and it uh, is also a disturbing song. I was going <laughs> to say, isn't that, isn't that? Is, so <laughs> give me, don't again. I don't want to be too on the nose with it's, throwing my darts. That's about a stalker, right? Yeah, it's it's my it's it's my. Uh, What's the what's the police song? Um, yeah, uh, every breath you take. Yeah, it's yeah. like my every breath you take. Yeah, <laughs> basically. You know, it's all, it's always so funny for me. People <laughs> always want to hear that at weddings or they like couple dances yeah. to. I'm like, do you yeah, know yeah. what that song's about? Oh, I know, yeah. I know. But uh, Girl in Texas is that, isn't it? It's yeah. a song that everybody loves. It's bright. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's well, a love story. That's you know, it's it's something I actually like to do. Like, I like to plant these disturbing, dark songs on a sort of major chord, happy, happy sounding, uh, rhythms, you know, it, I like to, I like the, the differences. I like the, I like how they contrast a lot and it, because it's weird because I think I like songs that have levels, right. And I do my best to write songs with levels. And so you may be dancing to something. You may not be paying attention to, paying any attention to the lyrics, but then maybe one day you'll pay attention to those lyrics and go, Oh, Wow, why am I dancing to this? This is right. horrible. Yeah. Or the opposite. <laughs> this is horrible. Or the opposite. Like, oh, I'm so sad. The song makes me feel so sad. Then you realize, oh, wait a minute. This is a very uplifting song. Right. Why didn't I realize that? Those things I think are interesting and are kind of hard to do, but it's a, it's a fun challenge. And I like, you know, when it comes to writing songs, which is what I'm interested in, you know, I've said this a million times. I'm a, I'm an average guitar player and I'm an average singer. Um, what I do is I write songs. And so writing songs and crafting songs is very interesting to me. That's the fun part. That's the puzzle. That's putting a puzzle together. That's, that's the part that I find most gratifying when it comes to playing music is the writing of the songs. And so I try and like do that, even if it's for my own, <laughs> even if I'm the only one who gets it, <laughs> I, which is a lot of the time, it's, it's good enough. I don't, I don't, again, I'm, I'm not going to try to be more on the nose, but I have to at least because I've, you know, I don't think people understand this. It's not like I sit around and ever ask you about your songs because I let the art be what it is. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask a question. I'm wondering if I've got this right. Uh-oh. I read one time about how Pamela Anderson was discovered at a Dallas Cowboys football game. Mm-hmm. And not long after that, the picture of her in the paper caused her to have a stalker. Is this song about the Pamela Anderson stalker from back in the 90s? Uh, no. Ah! <laughs> I, th- I really thought I had that. I, I really thought I had that one. I had no idea where you were going with that. Okay. All right. Well. And I thought you were like going to talk about a different song maybe. I don't... But no, not even not even close. I had no idea that was a thing, by the way. I had, <laughs> I knew she was discovered at a game, I think, but I didn't know it was a Cowboys game. Yeah. I had no idea. I mean, I assume she probably has stalkers. She's, you know... Uh, a lot of creepy people in the world, and, and if it's a hot chick, there's going to be a it's creepy be, stalker. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I, I didn't know that. No. Well, for everyone else's sake who's listening, and in honor of that uh, dog in the pink sweater, are you throw that one oh, out there? Yeah, yeah. The only song I did not practice, but I played it. If you have 10, to practice times, this song, I know, I know. This is I played it ten thousand times. Even a bad version is it's, it's still a good one. Probably okay. Girl in Texas, wait for me. Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea, and I, I saw her once on my TV. And I know this sounds crazy, but I believe in destiny. Something about a girl in tight, dirty jeans, a cowboy hat. And a tattoo of James Dean She's such a rebel When she dances she's like a a sex machine And she drives all the boys crazy Yeah, she drives all the boys crazy There's a girl in Texas waiting for me Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea And I I saw her once on my TV 
And I know this sounds crazy, but I believe in destiny. All my friends think that I should probably seek some therapy. But if they only knew what I did, I'm sure they'd want to be me. I think about her every day. You know it's hard to say I love you from a thousand miles away. So I'll write her a letter. I know exactly what to say. It will be perfect. It will be so perfect. This girl in Texas waiting for me. Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea And I, I saw her once on my TV And I know this sounds crazy But I believe in destiny I got a postcard in the mail Said she got my letter In my mind I didn't sail Because I knew this was a love That would never fail But I I should have known better Yes I should have known better Well, I should have known better Yes, I should have known better This girl in Texas waiting for me Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea And I, I saw her once on my TV And I know this sounds crazy girl in Texas waiting for me Her eyes are blue as the salt and sea And I, I saw her once on my TV And I know this sounds crazy But I believe in destiny Yeah, I believe such a cool song and i think it's highly ironic that you play that here in the studio with the eyes of the blue, the blue eyes of a dallas cowboy cheerleader looking right at you <laughs> it never even occurred to me the texas yeah. uh, situation. I, mean, well, they, I mean cowboy situation there you go how about that um i'd love that song and, and just the it's funny you talk about being uh an average guitar player an average singer that song i think really showcases your your range of things and i think you're probably you're probably selling yourself short um when it comes to writing your your music you you can say that it's obvious that you're a a brilliant songwriter it's one of the things that we all like you know billy was on the show a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. uh we've all joked about it before that you wake up in the morning and you sit down and you just the first thing that happens is you other people have bowel movements and you just write a song like it, it seems to just kind of flow out of you but every now and then even with the, it's not like I'm not trying to say that they're disingenuous. I mean, it just seems like it comes easy to you. But with a lot of your songs, there there seems to be another tier of them that have. Um, there's a feeling about it for some reason. And even when I hear the the cuts of you you've sent to me before of hey, this is a song I'm working on, it feels different when you sing it. Um, just passing through is definitely one of those for me. I, I don't know if it is that way for you. Again, I could be hmm. completely off the nose on this. But I remember that was one of the ones I heard earlier before I even knew you had another album even in the works. Mm-hmm. That one, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was one of the earlier ones. Someone yeah. asked for it to be a part of a commercial. Yes. It was uh, yeah. Yeah, Shelly yeah. Shelly McGee, who we love here, is a friend of the show as well, mm-hmm. a, a talented, brilliant musician here oh, in yes. town. Oh, yes. Also works in the commercial uh, business here in town, and she at the time had, had lined something up. It was a great, great opportunity for you to showcase your music on a really cool video. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the if the song 
I, I'm sure when you wrote the song, it wasn't about a uh, air conditioning air conditioning repairman <laughs> who was showing and proving how hard he worked. But but it's one of those songs that it grabs you uh, and, and inspires you. Like it, it grabs right into your chest, and there's something about that song that speaks to people. Where where did that song come from? I'm just gonna flat out ask you. Where did that one come from? Because that that one seemed to come from. If if that one's about a mass murderer, you got you got me on that. If it's about a stalker, you've got me on that. I had no idea that's where that was. No, uh, that ha- you know they had the the commercial already filmed. I don't remember if it had music. It might have had some placement music. I don't know. But uh, the commercial itself, it was just a guy being woken up in the middle of the night to go do his job is what it was. And he got he got woken up, he was tired, but he went and did his job and he made someone happy, that sort of thing. So the whole the whole idea of like just trudging just doing your job and what just just the the idea of doing your job and doing a good job and how that feels to I don't know how how that would translate on like a bigger a bigger scale. And so I, I kinda chose more of a seafaring. For some reason I a lot of stuff I do kind of goes that way sometimes. The the whole idea of a seafaring kind of lonely um, I'm revealing too much about myself now. <laughs> lonely sort of doing your job, getting it done kind of kind of thing and that and that was what that commercial said to me was like this is a person, this is a what they want to get across is someone who does their job and is happy to do their do their job well and is and but this person was clearly it seemed like lonely it seemed like it was a, a tough job and and there sometimes people have to do tough jobs for long periods of time and and it was just it just came from just watching or thinking about that and thinking about what that would mean and but trying to get a bigger perspective because why would you do that why do you keep doing this over and over again like is there a bigger goal and and that's that's I tried to expand on that idea of like, okay, I get up, I do my job. In the song, it's more of a seafaring thing. It's a captain, like as a sea captain, and he does this every day. He does his job, and but where is this leading? And what is, what is his motivations? And and how does this make you feel? It's an emotional song. So yeah. it's an emo- and that what they wanted in the commercial was an emotion. And so, I try to connect with an emotion that I thought made sense to me, um, and that sort of idea of like doing this thing. <laughs> playing music over and over over and over again and and you know uh no matter what no matter what the the things are happening just over and over again because that's what you do that's what you're compelled to do or you're you want to do and at some point this makes sense to you in some way and that's kind of where that came from it's uh it is it is kind of neat song It, it is a very emotional song i remember when you sent it to me and like hey i'm playing around with this and I, I had written like a piano part and I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like what I did. But I remember I sent you a version and it was, there was a cello playing. I just played it on the mm-hmm. keyboard and mm-hmm. I did it. There was something about that yearning. And it wasn't so much that somebody was yearning for something else, but I felt like it was something internal. That, that, that song had that kind of emotion to, to, mm-hmm. to me. And when it was paired with the commercial, I thought, oh, cool. That's a, it's a pretty song. It'll probably work with this commercial. And when I saw it was about this dude that has got mud on his boots. And it's coming in. He's got a family, and this is what he's doing. Like I, I, I could kind of feel that. I thought it was it was neat though because it was a little bit different. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it wasn't a lot of the stuff that I expected to come like from you. I, I but I thought it was still in in a lot of ways still very fitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you talk about being a musician. You know, I still I still go back to, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't. I don't <laughs> We can edit stuff later. I don't because I don't want to upset. I don't want to ruin your chance of playing at Wild Wings. But I remember one day you and I were having a conversation when the blacksmiths ceased to be, uh-huh. and you had said something like, "Well, I don't want to be one of these guys playing at Wild Wings." Jeff Lucer plays there all the time, by the way. Whenever uh, like I don't want to be one of these guys playing at Wild Wings all the time. And uh, I remember that Duncan Sims. We had a gig at Wild Wings like two weeks later, <laughs> and then not long after that, I'm at your house because we went and played somewhere. And I was drunk as a skunk, and I stumble upstairs, and I go to use the bathroom, and Brooke uh, has like on the toilet like a oh, yeah, like a, yeah, yeah. it was a, a pack of matches from where else but Wild Wing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Behind my back, he's playing his music I'm at Wild Wing. I'm secretly playing. Secretly at playing at Wild Wings. Um, that show, I mean, that's a show. That song though does reach um, somewhere internal. 
that I think a lot of people can kind of really relate to. And and that was the thing for me. It's like I I got the song before mm-hmm. I ever knew what you're saying. I'm not saying that that I felt the same thing that you just stated, but it spoke to me in that very same way. And I I think it's a brilliantly emotionally driven song without it being shoved down your throat. And I and I actually think that the melody of it is one of the prettiest things you've ever written. And and I th- I think and on the album it's done extremely well. Although I yeah. noticed there was there's no cello on it. And again, no, no, you know, no. I th- think we that, uh, we talked about it. Did you really? I'm, just, I'm joking completely. Did you really talk about like a cello on there? Yeah, I got I initially I thought about a cello. We talked about a cello. Um but we just experimented with some other things. Again, we ended up with sort of this I think it's really cool. It sounds like, and it goes with the song, it sounds like the song. <laughs> you have to listen to it because the way I'm going to describe it doesn't make any sense. To me, it sounds like the song is being played underwater. It's a very, like. Okay, I get you. It's a very, I, I like, yeah. wet, like, it, like what, what, is it, what is the word I'm looking for? But it sounds like, yeah, it just sounds like it's being played underwater. Like, there's a very dreamy feel to it. Yeah, dreamy. I can I can yeah. certainly feel that. Yeah. You, you, you knock that one? We yeah, play yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, I play that one. By the way, when we were going to play the other day, speaking of playing underwater, we would have if we had played in that storm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had the cello ready to go on the keyboard. Did you really? Oh yeah, that was absolutely pulling that out at that gig. Well, I also think on the record, some of the there's a little bit of synthesizer stuff that kind of, not quite, but if you listen, this is this is funny. We, uh, Evan and I talked about it. Several points on the album, he was like, "We put all this stuff that you can't really hear if you like listen to it on a CD or on your radio." Um, you might not hear it, but we put some stuff where, he, as Evan put it, if uh, for those folks who paid for those two hundred dollar earphones, this is a little something for you, a little extra. Really? Okay. So there's stuff in there to like, <laughs> especially it. that song in, in particular. There's some vocals I did for the background; they're very light. But if you have the big, if you have the expensive headphones, you have the nice speakers, you can hear it. It's really neat, and okay. a lot of stuff is like that in the record. Anyway, just a underwater thing. Wake up, think about it, what's it gonna be? The air that surrounds it, there's not enough to breathe. The stars that confine you, they fall at your demand. The sea, it will drown you and bring you back again. Have faith, you will find it somewhere along the way. Your heart is a magnet, an easy promenade of love and survival, scars and open wounds. It's okay to be thankful, cause help is coming soon. Like the shadows on the wall, every day is gonna get its due. Like the weary captain's call, I'm just passing through. The road is a journey, the place where you belong. A point in the distance, the ending of a song. Keep your eyes on the needle as far as you can roam. Cause true north, it will guide you and it will lead you home. Like the shadows on the wall, every day is gonna get its due. Like the weary captain's call, I'm just passing through. 
Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. I know you better than you think you know yourself. You're not so different.